After six long years, TYF Today is back. Brian Piercy along with Jim Crossman. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm good. Thanks for having me back, Brian. Yeah, like I said, I looked it up. I found, apparently we still have a feed in iTunes, which we're not using today, but it showed September 2013 was our last episode, which I believe was a solo one by you. Oh, I do remember doing, I thought a couple solo ones. I think I did that one in the in my living room all by myself, obviously solo one. I, I do seem to remember, and I remember the last season we did ended really early in the year too, so it does make sense now. Looking back at the time frame, I think that might have been my fault. I think I'd started playing hockey in a hockey league on Wednesday nights, possibly, and it was just like work, fantasy football. All of a sudden, I'm playing hockey a couple nights a week. It was just like I, I tapped out. It was all my fault. You were com- you were the commitment <laughs> guy. I was the flake. Well, we had a hell of a run. I mean, it's a, a, a podcast about a single fantasy football league, so it, its longevity was questionable to begin with, but I think we had a good run. But yeah, so uh, just a quick brief for the listeners, which I'm sure are only going to be in our league. So it's not news <laughs> to them, but we both made the finals this year. So people were clamoring for uh, TYF today to come back for a, you know a reunion. That's right. I think clamoring is the uh, the proper word there. They seemed very excited just at the prospect of it. I think they're going to be less ex- less excited at the execution, but we'll see how it goes. Oh, and I'd like to thank, it looks like Mr. Angry Shake is in the Twitch chat right now uh, watching us. We have four viewers on the stream right now. I don't, I'm assuming Tim's probably the only one we know, but uh, I'd like to thank you for watching, seeing what's going on. They're, they're watching us right now? Uh, yeah, we're streaming live out on the world of Twitch. That's pretty fantastic. So let's kind of go into the season real quick. Um, since we last left TYF, I'd say the last couple years, the boards have been a little bit light. How has that changed TYF in your book? I think it's just more of the mid-level users are the ones that have kind of backed off. The heavy users, the guys with, that come on with a lot of traffic, like, say, Goulet and Bob and myself and Jeremy, I think we're probably still at the same level, roughly. It's the, the mid-level guys, like... Davis and maybe Barnes and I wrote a couple names down here. I would uh, say myself Jerry, as well. You too. Those guys have gone down a bit. Um, you especially have actually gone down a lot. But the uh, the higher traffic guys have stayed about the same. I think net total it's gone down a little. Um, but that, like I said a few times now, the heavy use guys are still there. Yeah, me. Like I said, hockey's taken over my life in a way. I play hockey three nights a week. We have a hockey league that we created ourselves. And we essentially have, it's called Slack. It's like, I actually thought we should put TYF on something similar to that, where it's actually more of a live chat type thing where it kind of keeps people going and they don't actually go have to go to the website. But, uh, you know, we're always in there doing that. So I've tried to at least, now that I've made the playoffs and post a little bit more the last couple uh I've, I've weeks, noticed that, definitely for sure. And you know, I noticed Stella this, got her groove back type of thing. This, <laughs> this uh, setup you have, <clears throat> excuse me, for your... Uh, your podcast and your shows you do for your hockey league here, this is really impressive. I don't know if any of the other guys have come over and take a look at this, but it's, uh, it is really cool. There's a lot of neat stuff in here. You got a board, you got a 
really cool CPU over there, three screens, a number of cameras. It's really quite impressive. You know, o- only the best for Mr. Brian Piercy. <laughs> only the best. You know, I'm, I'm high class as it gets. That's exactly. We always call you high class Piercy, so it's not a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who, who knows? I now have this setup. I've learned how to host podcasts myself on AWS where it's really cheap and you don't have to worry about things like that. I now have a blog set up for TYF Today where it gets the RSS feed out to everybody like that. I don't think I can commit to a weekly podcast anymore, but maybe we'll do like a, you know, a draft review and a playoff thing. Maybe we'll try to get like three or four episodes in a year. I'm game. Absolutely. And uh, maybe uh, you can get Chris. He lives right around the block or anybody else who might be interested. I'm sure Bob would like to get away from his life for a night, come down and, and do a quick show. Yeah, you never know. Um, unfortunately, the TYF phone number is gone, though, now. I don't even We had like an 899 number or something. I think it was... 801-TYF-2-day, something like that. So it was was very good. We get our voicemails on that. But as I gave up the sportsandtv.com website, that email address also got lost, which got rid of the voice number. But uh, back to the posting room real quick. It brings me kind of to what I would call the highlight of the season, the TYF comics. Uh, It was um, quite groundbreaking, actually, and and you kind of see into the mind of somebody who's in marketing how he put this together with reusable slips to make it um, consistent and maybe a little bit easier on them, where he was using the same memo pads with the cartoon characters, and the background is mostly what he changed every time, which was, was pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I remember seeing the first week, it was like, TYF Comics, just like, what the heck is this? And it was just like, a boom, genius. And I don't think he's posted one for the finals yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited for what's going to be coming out in the next day or so. He always seems to impress. He does a great job. Um, they're well-received quite often. Sometimes they go over my head. It actually kind of reminds me of uh, when his little buddy, uh, Mike Goulet, came into the league, and he immediately started posting GIFs on the message boards, and that was kind of game-changing. A lot of other people, including myself, started following suit, but he was the first one to do that, and they kind of remind me of each other. Yeah, I... I work in technology. I feel like I should know that stuff. The other day I was trying to post something like that in the message board and I couldn't figure out how to post pictures at all. I was just like, what the hell's going on with me? I'm such a dumbass. So I, I have to relearn a few times a year how to put those GIFs and pictures back up and it normally takes five minutes each time. Yeah. So uh, going back to the season, um, real quick, uh, what was the impression of your team going out of the out of the draft this year? My team specifically, I knew I was going to need... Um, some help. My early picks, I think my first four picks were all gambles, which was kind of par for the course this year. I, I came into it specifically doing very, very little homework. Previous last year, I won the title, my first title, after years of lots of regular season success, and I specifically did um, less homework that year, and it was successful, so I did even less the next year, and I came in almost kind of lost. Uh, I, I took a lot of gambles on, on some guys there, and I knew I was going to need some help. And I got it in a, a number of ways, not the ways you might expect, but so far it's worked. Yeah, and um, my team, I kind of felt the same way. I took a chance on Zeke. I felt like it really was. It did not feel the same to me as Le'Veon Bell the same year before. You kept hearing Jerry Jones, we really want to work something out. We're committed to him. We know he's the best. You were feeling, hearing reporters kind of say, yeah, he's going to sign. So I felt really confident in there. Besides that, I think my other thing was I went a bunch of wide receivers, um, and then I felt like I had an okay second running back, but I thought I was probably going to have to go flex wide receiver most of the year, which I was okay with. And then the big problem was 
Lamar Miller got hurt during the draft, out for the year. It was just like, he's my third guy. I just need him. That guy's going to get you, you know, 10 points a game is like right. when you need him in for a buy or something happens. And then Kirion went down. So my big thing there is I kind of went with that whole, I don't need a stud quarterback. You know, I did Aaron Rodgers the year before. He's been, you think he's so great, but then he's has a lot of crappy games in there. So I took a chance and I went with Jameis, which was hot and not all year. Yeah. Jameis, he's at the end of the season, he's might be the number one quarterback. But you can tell that's by having a couple 60-point games followed by a couple 20-point games. And as long as you can last those 20-point games, the 60-point games are going to get you a win by themselves almost. Yeah, I believe I looked at it. In the last two weeks, he's been just under 60, but he's had like six or seven like 40-plus point games. And like you said, he's had some of those dive games that have been horrible, and it's made it rough, but it's also, you know, it's worked out in the end. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a great receiver core. I mean, he's got... He's got Godwin, he's got Evans, he's got O.J. Howard's talented uh, tight end. Uh, this past week, Brashad Pyramid kind of came out of nowhere, but he's got the talent around him. Right, and um, another one of those things would be is, I think about my team is I would say that um, people did not like my team going in. I remember hearing people's predictions. Everybody thought I was going to be a bottom dweller, and I never thought my team was that bad overall. I don't know. No, you know what? It's, it's funny. We're kind of moving ahead of ourselves here, or at least something I was looking at. Well, I'll get to that a little bit later. But I never, I, I, I wrote a note down that I don't remember thinking either way um, about your team coming out of the play, or excuse me, out of the draft. So it was like, I remember thinking Woodford's team wasn't that great. Um, and um, now I can't remember who the other team I, I thought was going to be pretty bad. With Woodford's, I nailed it. Uh, but I do remember thinking Connaughton, Blood, and uh, Jellyfish both had very good teams. And they both scored a lot of points. Content Blood had no luck all season long, so he didn't even make the playoffs. Um, but Jellyfish, as we all saw, had a great year. Yeah, that was one of the things is uh, Bob, he thought he had a great team coming out of the draft. His season was going good. He had a lot of high points. Is he one of the biggest choke artists in MNO or TYF? Uh, I don't think he's one of the biggest chokes in a TYF. I so think he, he is, is the, the biggest. biggest. Yeah, like number one. This was clearly... Um, the most talented team. You look at his players individually, how they stand, locked, or stood up in the league leaders, and all of his starters were all over the place. His quarterbacks up there, three of his receivers, both his main running backs, tight end. All of them are up in the top six, seven, eight, all over the place. And um, I mean, you got a team like that, it should you should almost be a prohibitive favorite. Should just hand him the title and let's start on next season. But he's uh, he's at home listening to us right now. Yeah, and we're gonna break down our playoff run. Uh, coming up shortly, but it was so funny this last week is he beat me twice in the regular season. Obviously, he has a good team, but as you know, Jameis went off against the Lions. My team's looking good. He sounded like how he talks about his son, Gabe, how he acts in front of him. It's like, maybe it's not because he's a little kid, maybe because he's just a whore off. That <laughs> could be. I mean, I, that's a, it's a pretty heavy gene to work against. I'm not. I don't remember Paulette's maiden name. I doubt I ever knew it. And he's got some of those genes too. But I don't know. Maybe the Horov gene is stronger in the male, and that's um, why why it acts like that. Yeah. And another team that had high hopes going in. A lot of people seem to like their team was Mr. Jeremy Carroll of the Yankee Racers. And I don't know if you know it, but the click kind of has a thing about. ABJ. Oh, I'm, anybody I'm, but Jeremy. I'm very aware of the term anybody but Jeremy, and I am AABJ. Uh, I am anti anyone but Jeremy. 
if I can't win it, Jeremy's my first choice after that to win, and then maybe Jerry, just guys who haven't won it before. But I really think Jeremy's put some good friend or good teams together individually, and just hasn't had the luck that a few of us other teams have had. But I, I kind of would like to see him win one. Jeremy is one of the people that tried to essentially take down the league with his trade with Frank. He does not ever <laughs> deserve to win a TYF Cup. I don't. I still don't understand how you see that's taken down the league. Um, he traded. The league has never been the same since then. I think participation has went down since then. There was more anger since that happened. And I think people are just more, uh, they're not engaged as much anymore. And it was all because of Jeremy accepting that trade. He's <laughs> supposed to be the commissioner. He's supposed to have high morals. He showed the exact opposite there. there. There was nothing immoral about that trade. It was well within the rules. He made a decision. The only person in this league that's ever come down to uh, uh, weakening morale is um, Frank, and then maybe you include you and Bob, too, crying like little bitches about those trades. Whoa, but whoa, that's whoa. not here. Have, no, no, no. Well, let's not forget the Connaughtons. I think there was a trade. I don't even remember what it was, but I know there was a trade where after, like, two or three years later, I think Tim said, oh, yeah, there was definitely collusion on that trade. That's, <laughs> that's right. That was, I think, the year before, maybe two years before I got in the league. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty much stated, and then we made the rules that there's not allowed to be more than one Connaughton in a division, and then we put them all on one team. So, yeah, the, uh, the Connaughtons, they're going to cheat in fantasy football. I think you just know that going in. That, that's fair. Um, I'm going to throw a new topic in it as I'm kind of going along. There's been a debate the last couple of weeks about, um, you know, if you listen to Bill Simmons at all on the BS podcast, a big thing is people say that a draft fantasy football uh, league it's kind of babies. It's checkers. And there was a thought of maybe we should try to evolve to an auction draft. Now, there were some people really for it, some people really against it. I think you were against it. I'm, I'm against turning TYF um, into an auction league. I wouldn't leave the league if we did it, obviously. This is my favorite league. I would love to start maybe a second league with as many people from TYF who wanted to join into it and make that an auction league. I've been asking people the past few years who's interested in auction league. Got very little return on it, but I'm interested in being in an auction league. But I like the TYF for the way it is right now. What scares you about an auction league? I don't think anything really scares me about it. But changing TYF over into it, just something about that. I guess I can't put my finger on it. Just doesn't sit quite right with me. Yeah, I mean, there's people like Davis who obviously would get his ass kicked in an auction league because he's not doing any research. Well, depends how much money he spends on an app that year. Last year, he decided to you know recycle an app, and we saw what has happened to his yeah. team. So uh, maybe if he had you know went the Mike Ray route, got us something that told him how much to pay for players. But it was, I wonder it, if that app Mike has. I, I assume it does still has an auction. Uh, format built into it. I would assume so. The person who really surprised me was Bob was super anti. Bob, who says, I'm so smart at fantasy football. I know what's going on. I still go to the newsstand and I buy magazines, though. Uh, but I'm so much better than everybody else. I'm number one in all-time wins. Blah, 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 blah. I like to cry, though. Um, he's like, no, we can't do that because I'm not smart enough. I remember him saying exactly that he wasn't smart enough to do that. That's a good point. Well, at least he admits it, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I think it would be fun. Two leagues would be tough. I don't know if you could get like both drafts in at one time. I have a feeling an auction league or an auction draft would take quite a while. I mean, one of my favorite things about TYF is we're in and out two, two and a half hours. Another league I'm in, actually, that I'm not going to be in next year, they're talking four hours, four and a half for a draft. And it's, it's 
so tedious. It drives me nuts. There's guys who sit there and take 25 minutes to make a pick, and then they come up with a guy who is next on everybody's cheat sheet. Yeah, the, a four-hour draft, when you have that guy sitting there focusing, looking what's going on, and all of a sudden he, I'll take, you know, name player A, and all of a sudden he, he was drafted two rounds ago. You're just like, <laughs> what? And then they go back into that 20-minute cycle yeah. again. You know, Part of it to me is you know, preparing at least maybe you're not doing all the homework, but you look at your cheat sheets, you know you're coming up one or two picks. You pick two, three guys who he's going to yeah. go. It makes it pretty easy and simple. I think if we ever did try an auction, we'd probably want to use some kind of draft software that did everything automatically. So we, I think that would speed things up, make things easier than us actually having an auctioneer and trying to do that. I think that could be chaos. Yeah, I, I don't really know how auction drafts work, but, I mean, any any fancy football website's going to have an opinion on how to run a good one. So Yeah, well, I believe the way it works is you kind of have your order in each person, then they nominate whoever they want, and then you just start your bidding. So I think, in my mind, not only is there a strategy of you can get pretty much any player you want as long as you're willing to spend the money for them. You right. know, if you want the top three, I don't, well, depending how much money people go for, you could possibly get the top two people in the league and then go for all scrubs along the way, or you could nominate who you think is your sleeper early, try to get him underneath people, and maybe people are waiting because they don't want to spend their money right away. So I think there's just, in my mind, there's a lot more strategy to it and a lot more looking at the numbers you know, and trying to get those values along the way. Yeah, I, absolutely. I would think the one of the biggest strategies would be knowing who to nominate. I mean... Like you said, you nominate maybe a lesser guy early, someone you don't even like, that other people can work up their bids on them, and then hopefully three, four rounds later, one of your mid-range guys sneaks to you for next to nothing. Yeah, exactly. So uh, moving on to the next topic, we're going to kind of go through my path to the TYF championship real quick. So I had an 8-5 and five regular season with uh, 1,608 points on the year. I think that put me right in the middle range. I think it was maybe five, five overall. Yeah. I think so. Too. I felt like my team did good. I had a lot of, I had some high games, some low games. I had some injury issues all year long. Long, obviously, there's that quarterback question. A lot of people had. A lot of people were like, "You got to dump him, get someone else." Who was your backup quarterback for most of the season? I had Darno a lot of the year. Um, I, I think I had Kirk Cousins at one point as well, mm -hmm. but he had his. Bottom streak as well, yeah, so it was just he's one that's tough to start every week. It was one of those things of just like, is there really a better option along the way? My biggest hurdle for me, I felt though, was that number two running back position that's been killing me all year. So, yeah, it's I mean, if your only problem is your number two running back, you're actually probably having a pretty solid season. Yeah, and I think one of the things that was nice for me is I might have started out zero and one, maybe even one and two, but then I went on a nice streak, and I was always kind of. Even though I didn't felt, feel like my team was some dominating team, my record always had a little bit of cushion where I was in that playoff run. So at least it wasn't letting me panic or, you know, you get down 0-3, 0-4, you kind of feel like you're out of it. So that right. was definitely a nice thing. Well, I, d I did a little bit of research since it's our first time back in a while, and I looked um, roughly the league average 100, 125 points a game. So I used that as the, uh, you know, the baseline for if you score 125 above it, that's a win. Below it is a, a loss. So I saw you said had a seven of your eight wins were scoring above league average. So I call those respectable wins. No, it's not going to win you every game, but that's a that's a line I used. And you had two losses where you scored above 125 points. So I think you earned your way to the playoffs. You weren't really lucky. You weren't unlucky. You did what you had to do to get there. 
Yeah, I, I feel like if you looked at the teams, I, I don't feel like it was like, that's a fluke team. Uh, my team, I, got, I think I got the first wild card out of everybody as well. Uh, the first round of the playoffs, I beat the Winter Wolves. Uh, it was 176.4 points to 101.35 points. So definitely nobody can complain about that, putting nope. up 176 points in a week, strong outing by the team. No, Mike little weak there on his side, not putting up much of a fight. But yeah, but it doesn't matter. You scored 170. He's, you're winning that game. Exactly. I think Bob maybe, and even though he didn't have a game, he's like, oh, my team put up 180. Yeah. Watch out. I'm going to kick <laughs> your ass again, boy. So that kind of led us over to the second round of the playoffs for me where I faced almighty Bob. People were saying it's possibly the greatest season in TYF history, the greatest team ever, hail GM Bob, whatever. Guess what? He goes down 168.2 to 147.55. You know, put up a little bit of a effort on his side. Luckily, I had, uh, you know, Jameis Winston and the Bucks going up against the Detroit Lions, which nice. always helps. It's absolutely. That's a little good luck on the matchup there. But, I mean, it feels so good when you beat a team who scores 150 points, roughly 150 points, and you still beat them so they can't complain, oh, my team had a bad week. It's like, no, you put up a good score. Your team showed up, and I still beat you. And the scariest part was, so he had Mike Thomas going in New Orleans kicker, and it looked like I should win the game based on averages, even if there was high games, but there was still a possible chance that, that first, he could come back. Especially that first half Michael Thomas had, had to have you scared a little bit. Well, that was part of the problem was, is so I had hockey on Monday, and I had the 10 o'clock game, so I was able to watch it on my phone, look at the scores. And as my game's coming up, I'm like, oh, he's, if you <laughs> double those numbers for a half, he's right in that range. Now, you figure if New Orleans is up, they're probably going to run the ball a little bit more. There's less chances there as well. But, you know, just being on the ice, obviously not thinking about it, coming back to the locker room, there's a little bit of a... Yeah, you and know, New Orleans is not known as a team that takes it easy. I mean, they've always put the hammer down just to keep it going. Oh, and I was—I watched. I got to watch a little bit of the pregame. I got to see all that stuff about you know Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, all for the record type mm -hmm. thing. And I'm just like, oh man, it's <laughs> Monday night. They're gonna want to get him the record. It's you know there is a chance. Yeah, there there was. Well, it was such a long shot to begin with, but halfway through that game, into the third period, even a little. It sure looked like that, that long shot had a, a legitimate opportunity at that point. Oh, yeah. And going back actually one more week, last week of the play, or open regular season, I'm sorry, you scored a big score at that point, uh, that game too, didn't you? So you're looking at like three I've, weeks I've in a row. I've been putting up a lot, of, a lot of numbers lately, and that's even just the thing with Winston as well. Like I think right away with the Lions, he threw that interception. He throws a couple interceptions every week. He's throwing a couple touchdowns, oh, and they're just throwing some yards. Yeah. And going into that game as well with Mike Evans being hurt, that was, you know, that's kind of a thing of like, is he going to put up enough numbers? I was trying to debate with O.J. Howard, my bust of a keeper. Is he going to start getting more targets? Is this actually a good thing for me or not? Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, who's their other receiver, uh, Tampa? Oh, Chris Godwin. Godwin with him possibly being out. I haven't seen a report if he officially is or not. They're that's both or. Evans is out. Uh, from what I've read, Godwin's looking like he's out. He's questionable right now, but they're saying he's probably out. Yeah, so that, that's another scary thing going into the next game. But your path to uh, the playoffs and the championship game, you finished the season 8-5 and five as well with uh, 1,529 points, but you were the division winner. Um, so we had the same record. I had slightly more points. You were a division winner versus wild card. 
But your team felt, I would say, almost more shaky. Is like, does this team deserve to make the playoffs? If oh. you don't actually win going into the last week, are you going to miss the playoffs because of that? I probably would have missed the playoffs if I didn't beat, I think it was Goulet on my last week. And, uh, yeah, my team was probably the least deserving of all the teams in the playoffs. And I got the division win out of it. And if you remember, I was talking about your uh, wins and losses where I only had four respectable wins where I scored over the league average, only four out of eight. And I had zero losses where I scored more than 125. And that's night and day. You have, I have four really unearned wins where I scored under the league av- uh, average and lost to no games where I scored over the league average. So that's just showing you that I did have low points against, but it's not historic low. It was just low. But the way it matched up really... I'm one of the least deserving teams maybe in league history to be this far. Yeah, I mean, it gets that way because I think, you know, when we go through Brickley Bruisers, I think their points were pretty decent, but they had horrible against points. Probably any team could have made the playoffs who was playing that schedule. So sometimes it's luck as well. I I didn't do the... breakdown what I'd look like, say what my, what I would have done on his schedule or what you would have done on his schedule. But he faced like 1,300 points on the season, just under. So he faced, on the average, less than 100 points a game. That, that kind of brings back to, you know, you hear a lot of people who, I think most of them are bad at fantasy football, are like, fantasy football is 100% luck, 100% luck. Now, my personal opinion is, yeah, you're going to get lucky sometimes, maybe even a season, but over the long haul, averages kind of even out. And it's almost like gambling, where there's luck in gambling. There's luck with those point spreads. There's luck with you know winning, losing based on the spreads. But over time, if you're winning that 60%, you're considered a skilled person. And I kind of feel the same way with fantasy football, that your luck's going to equal out, and it's actually going to show over you know three to five to ten years if you're actually decent at fantasy football or not. I agree. There's nothing you can do about the massive bad luck or the massive good luck. That is just something that happens. But when you're talking about winning with a 51% bad luck, 49% good luck, those are what make the difference. And if you can consistently win those close ones where luck is not much of a factor, that makes you a good fantasy player. Exactly. So your first round of the playoffs, you face the man boobs. Uh, You beat them 112 to 104. So one of those wins again where you're not really scoring your league average, you're getting that luck behind you, but does it matter in the end? Not this week. <laughs> and that takes you to your uh, matchup before the finals. You beat the Brickley Bruisers 141 to 101 points, essentially. So you had a nice week there. I earned that one. You can't take that one away from me. I mean, if we match up a little different, I face higher points, but that's not how it works. So I scored my 141 above league average. That's, that's an earned win. Yeah. So that kind of brings us to our matchup coming up this week. Uh, just Jeremy did us a favor by uh, looking at the history of our matchups in the playoffs, and apparently we've played each other three times back-to-back-to-back years, where surprisingly, I defeated you all three years. All three years. That was early on. That was what? 07, 08, and 09, right? Correct. So I came into the league in 06, so it was my second, third, and fourth years in the league. My first, I think, seven or eight years, I made the playoffs, won one game in those years. Um, so and you always had really good records as well for, for the most part. Yeah. I think in those eight years I made, there was five or six of them where I had first round buys too. Um, so it was kind of like Bob this year. I had a very, very solid team those years, but just when it came to the games that mattered, I didn't. And, uh, I'm, I'm really surprised that I don't remember you beating me three years a row in the playoffs. I mean, TYF is all I have. I have a very empty life. 
TYF is my life. So not to not remember something that big really surprises me. Yeah, that that was that really surprised me too. I think I remember one of your first. What do you remember? What your first year was? Oh six. Oh six. I'm trying to think. Okay, it probably was. 06, I think I remember maybe in 07, Like you were the top team. You were kicking butt, and I played you in the playoffs that year. That was my championship year of being like, okay, I'm probably not going to get this. <laughs> and it was like one of those things of like, oh, got the great win and kind of rolled on. And I don't remember 08 or 09. I know 08 I was in the championship game because me and Barnes played each other back-to-back years and we split oh, those yeah. yep. type of thing. I think that year I felt like my team was just like rolling that year. It was one of those things of like, let's do a dynasty league. My team can never <laughs> lose again. Yeah, it's easy to pick the dynasty leagues when you have a good season. Oh, yeah, um, you always hear that. I looked, because of those playoffs, I went through in the Fantrex era, and I looked at our regular season um, matchups. And in the regular season in the Fantrex era, I have you 10 to 5. Now, hold on. It might be 9 to 5. It might be 11 to 5. I'm, I, I kind of did this in a hurry, and there was a game or two here that I can't remember if I wrote down. So it's at, we're going to call it 10 to 5. And there's two memorable matchups. In uh, week one of 2013, uh, I beat you 166.35 to 166.25. And believe it or not, I remember that score. When I, when I looked at it, I'm like, oh, I remember What year that. was that? 2013, week one. So that was not Terrell Owens. I, don't, I didn't look at anybody. No, because I think I remember there was one year we played each other where I was up big on you. It was like week one, and Terrell Owens went off and like scored like probably 40 by himself and he came back and won that could have been i mean that's six years ago so that could i mean terrell was in the league then i want to say he was on i think he was on the cowboys then so i seems seems not long enough ago but might have been the Bengals. i had him one year he had a great year on the Bengals, and it was really his i think his last year in the league at all and it was pretty impressive year what was the other uh, matchup week 13 in 2014 um I beat you 209.25 to 166, excuse me, 168.55, which is the highest scoring game in TY, in uh, Fantrax era. Man, those ones always hurt because obviously you put up a great score and you actually beat me by a lot of points, yeah. but putting up 160 plus is no small feat where I'm assuming I was number two for the week in scoring. And Probably, yeah. I remember one of the things about Fanball that used to be nice is they had a were they the power rankings or whatever? They just oh, automatically yeah. do where you could go there and it would show if you played every team every week what your record would be. I always thought that was a, a nice stat to actually for people who complained about luck or whatever yeah. to actually see what the true skill or what the true records would be. There is, uh, you hear some of the uh, fantasy podcasts, they have leagues like that. They have the one aspect is head-to-head and then the other aspect, which is basically a power rankings. Is it like every week? I, I've heard about stuff like that where you can go head-to-head or like you said, it's almost like you do power rankings every week and every week you play whatever, like 11 games or something right, like that. Yeah. You get a win and loss for playing everybody every week. But Right, and then they, like, they'll take uh, half of your standing is your head-to-head and half of it's the power rankings, um, which I think is, I mean, I like the, the luck aspect to it to a point. Um, I'd really have to think if I'd want to add that into a league I was in. Yeah, I don't personally think I would want to do that. I think that is, um, you know, it's just like regular football. Oh, this team here, they played that crappy schedule. You always hear like every year, well, New England, they have a crappy schedule because they had the AFC East and all those other teams are, they're horrible. They can't get their act together. Well, obviously they're going through the playoffs. They're still winning. They're still winning a lot of Super Bowls. So, you know, 
most so, years the creams rise to the uh, to the top. Yeah, that's only just six, like this year. Obviously, it's risen to the top yet again. I mean, you talk about uh, the Patriots. That's six games out of their season. Even if you give those all those wins to them, there's still another ten they got to go through. Yeah, I mean, I think there's been years in the past where I haven't really looked at the divisions to say what's a good division, what's a bad division. But you get those wins, it definitely helps you out. I mean, looking at ours now, we kind of have the click minus the Connaughtons where. Yeah, you got Davis in there. He's traditionally pretty bad. Jeremy's actually stepped up his game the last couple of weeks or last couple of years. I'm consistently making the playoffs, but I mean, realistically, the last couple of years, I've just been that like last couple spots, no powerhouse teams, and you got Bob. So, you know, your division this year, actually, I'd say looked pretty weak in the Connaughton's almost 1900 points were probably the cream of the crop of that division, but there we go with bad luck again. Yeah, absolutely. I think they face a lot of points in non-divisional play. I'm pretty sure I split with them. So um, it, it just really was just a matter of one of those seasons with luck for them. Yeah, and other the other division, you know, with Ray, Jerry, Barnes, Ricky, everybody's good. I mean, I think the divisions are pretty decent right now overall. Yeah, I'm happy with them. It is, it is fun, I think, though, too. I don't know what our rule is of every three, four, every whatever. Three, yeah. It's fun to switch it up, but I do like how they kind of ended up this year. I think it, you know, at least with the Tecmo division, with having, you know, me, Bob, Jeremy, Chris, it kind of has that rivalry is more easier to get into. Yeah, that's what uh, I discussed it with Jerry, excuse me, Jeremy, um, at the uh, year-end meeting last year and just said, I know we normally draw for him or draft him, but I'd like to do clicks this year. So oh, yeah, I mean, your, your, divi- your division with you, Jim, Mike, Dan, and the other division, you know, they're kind of the separate guys. Yeah, but they're their own clique. Now we just force them to be a clique. You know, let, let them develop their old, old rivalries. <laughs> maybe they'll eventually come. Who, who knows? Would, who would be the rivalry of that? I would say maybe uh, Mike Ray and Barnes, the nicest guy in the league, versus maybe the most abrasive. I don't know. Ricky and Barnes always see. I think Ricky and Barnes talk to uh, each other more than I talk to uh, my cousins. So oh, really? They, they always seem to be buddy-buddy, at least oh. they're at the beginning of the fantasy season, texting each other about trades and you know, each one of them are kind of used car salesmen in a lot of ways, so they're always <laughs> probably trying to get over on each other. They, do, they both do like to trade, so. I, I could see them like, hey, we both know what we're trying to do here. Let, let's just get down to business and <laughs> see if we can get something done and cut out all the bullshit compared to if you have, like, Barnes approach you with some horrible offer. He doesn't really do that like he used to. I, You know, they, I think he's been called out enough that even if it wasn't intentional, he takes a step back and reconsiders his drafts before he sends them now. Uh, it's probably who he's dealing with because sometimes, realistically, Barnes, he does get you get those trades and you look and you're like, how the hell did you do it? But it's also like, well, if you offered it up, what's yeah. all they can do is say yes or no. So yeah. does it really matter? Like sometimes you just you shouldn't throw out the best trade offer you're going to make at the start because, you know, no, you do want you, you need that negotiating room. You, you do want to send something out that's a little bit in your favor. Um but like you said, you got to consider your source. Like if you're going to send something to Goulet, you don't send him anything really lopsided because he's just going to get pissed and tell you to fuck off and the trade deal will be over. At the same time, with you dealing with Jerry, you don't want to send something that's right down the middle because he's going to jump all over and then you realize, oh, I could have probably done better with Jerry. And realistically with Jerry, you know, if you see that email comes in, you have to hit that button to see what it is because I've had many of trade offers for Jerry when I go to the, <laughs> when I actually go to the site. It's like, there's nothing here. He canceled it like immediately yeah. afterwards. But <laughs> there's, been a, there's been a couple of times where I looked at it afterwards. I was like, oh, crap, that would have been a good deal for me. <laughs> like if I would have just 
been on the site right away and hit that button, he would have probably would have been super pissed off. But what are you going to do when you actually offer yeah. it officially? Yeah, I've seen I've seen that a few times where I've seen, uh, oh, you've gotten three messages from TYF and they're all trade offers from Jerry, but they've all been rescinded before I could see any of them. And each, I, I think there's a way to actually look at them. I think I found that before. And I like, think I have. They're too. all they're all very similar to each other. He's yeah. kind of you know looking at them, and then he's just like, nope. Let me try this one. Nope. <laughs> Let me try this one. Nope. And Doesn't then he kind of moves good. on to the next person. So yeah, sometimes you don't know if that trade feels good to you. Actually, send hit send, and you immediately you regret it. So oh, I got to pull it back. No, I don't like that trade. Yeah. So uh, right now, Fantrax has you as a ten point favorite uh, this week with predicting one hundred and twenty eight points for you, one hundred and eighteen for me. So let's. Let's look at some matchups real quick and kind of see what we're thinking. Okay, I, I had written down my notes on that trade, and those didn't make it to your house, so I'm going to have to look again. I know I said when I looked at the matchup, I had us relatively even on QBs. I thought with uh, I got Russell Wilson in. He's going up against Arizona, so I really like that matchup. And you have uh, Jameis going up against Houston, which is a little bit better D. But then I liked you, obviously, in the running backs with Zeke and um, DeAndre Washington. And I like you as the receivers, too. Yes. My receivers are garbage. So kind of going down, like I said, we'll start with my team, go over, then we'll kind of do the compare. So I have, as of now, I have Jameis going. We've talked about him enough. Uh, Zeke, obviously, I'm starting him. My big question, like I said, all year, second running back, second running back, second running back. So I picked up DeAndre Washington last week, I believe. Um and it sounds like uh, Josh the, Jacobs. Josh, Josh Jacobs is actually out now. He's, so he, as should, far as I know, he's out, out. Yeah, Gruden said he's out, so he should be getting carries no matter what. So actually, have probably a decent option right there. The other big thing for me is Mike Boone. I picked him up t- this week. I saw that. And sounds like Delvin Cook is out for sure. They had the other running back that's been ahead of him all year, who was out last week with an ankle. And it sounds like he could be again. I've heard a lot of people somehow like Mike Boone's one of those sleeper like superstars. Apparently, I don't know. I heard this not on a fantasy football podcast, but on a football podcast today of just like I love that guy. He's great. Everybody seems to love him. I don't know nothing about him. I just know that he had some carries. But Green Bay and Minnesota play on Monday, so am I really going to know if he's going to be the only guy in that backfield uh, going into Sunday? Or do I have to start DeAndre Washington just because I know he's going to get carries and is a safe bet? I would, I would probably go DeAndre Washington. Obviously, you have a few more days to to look at it and see what's going on. But I mean, w- uh, with the the guys who say, "Oh, I love this Boone guy. He's so great." That's what they've been saying about Madison all year too. There's so much hyperbole with these guys. It's also it's, like if Boone was so great, why is he the third string? Yeah. So um, I I I. I do like having a guy who's going to get a lot of looks, and DeAndre Washington should get those looks. Even if Boone is better, if Madison's in there, he's going to be getting some looks. Yeah, I'm keeping my eye on it. If the other guy from Minnesota is declared out because of his ankle, say early Sunday or Saturday, I'm probably going to start Boone Mm -hmm. from everything I heard. But if I don't hear anything on him, I'm probably going to go DeAndre Washington because there'd be nothing worse than, oh, he got 20 touches and whatever, and then go with Boone. It was like, oh, he was the backup there, and he got – three to five carries. It's like, yeah, that's I mean, just never a fun thing. I mean, you get a guy like DeAndre Washington, say he gets like 18 carries for 95 yards and a small touchdown. You're going to take that in a championship game for your second running oh, back. Oh, yeah, it's second running dunk. back for me all year is like, oh, if I get five to eight points with this guy all year, I'm happy because the rest of my team's got to make up the rest. Yeah. Uh, other big decision I have is uh, Kenny Galladay. 
he's obviously had a really nice year, but with the quarterback situation last week, he had a bad week, but that first week was at Thanksgiving. He had that 70-yard touchdown, so it made things up. As of right now, I am leaning towards sitting him. I would I would lean start towards sitting him too because I think the lines at this point, you see the last two games, they haven't been competitive. They were competitive that first game with Blau. Um, I think they're doing what they can to, on the down low, make these games tougher on themselves. And that means going to guys like Galladay less. I agree. And as of right now, I have Perryman in my starting lineup. I picked him up this week, and he's looking like a starter. I'm going all bore for Bruce Arians in the Tampa Bay <laughs> offense with Jameis Winston, Perryman, and O.J. Howard. So That's a gutsy call. It's a similar call to what I avoided last week. I could have. I had uh, uh, Raheem Mostert and uh, George Kittle from San Francisco in my starting lineup, and I was going back and forth between keeping in uh, Russell Wilson and putting in Garoppolo, and I just couldn't bring myself to put in Garoppolo, even though I wanted to, because I didn't want three 49ers in. It worked out in my favor. Garoppolo had a terrible game. Uh, Russell Wilson had a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, did you try to pick anybody up this week? Yeah, I tried to pick up both uh, Boone and Perriman, but I spent all my money on Mostert last week, thought, yes, slam dunk. I saved all my money. I can get this guy, last second, great pickup for uh, to help me with this championship run. And he had a good game. I have no complaints about picking him up, but I looked at it, and uh, I overbid by like $25. Well, the funny thing was is I was looking at DeAndre Washington last week, and I think me and you had the same amount yep. of money. And I'm just like, do I really want to spend 40 bucks when I don't know what's, if he's going <laughs> to play or not? And I was just like, I'm not going to do it. And then I looked come Wednesday night or Thursday morning, and no one picked him up. So I was like, I'm just going to put in a zero bid. So then coming into this week, I looked at your money, and I saw zero. So I was just like, anybody I want, I'm only going to bid a dollar for because I could essentially get anybody I wanted then. So that actually, bad money can be important to save those last extra dollars in situations like this. A lot of times, because I personally have a philosophy, if you think there's going to be a guy who's a stud near the beginning of the year who's like someone got hurt and you can pick him up, Go all out for them because if I spend, say, 190 bucks on week two on a guy and I'm going to get use out of him all week, all, all year, he's a lot more valuable than I pick someone up in week 16 because you're only going to get those last couple of weeks of value. Absolutely. I, I have a very similar uh, theory that when that player is there that you're convinced is the next big player, then you put everything you have to to get into them. If it's every single dime you have, if you have all 200 bucks and you think it's going to take all 200 to get them, do it. Yeah, totally agree. Luckily for me, and actually I got, uh, was it Benji Snell? Did you have him? I had him when uh, Connor was out, and then last week he didn't do anything with Connor back, so I dropped him. But the one thing for me is I got lucky on is with my lack of paying attention for the first half of the year, I had all my fab money, and then a lot of people were gone, so I could actually, a lot of these pickups I made probably the last four to six weeks were actually really valuable for my teams. So yeah, that's it, It's huge. And then, I mean, just on top of that, if he really does break through, then you got a 12th-round keeper there. Oh, yeah, that's what I was really hoping for. I was like, maybe it's going to happen, maybe it's going to happen. Doesn't look like for Snell it's going to happen anymore. No. But No, but Snell's a little different. I think he knew he wasn't going to be... I guess that's not true. I mean, that, that Connor was a superstar, but it'd be hard to break through to take that job completely away from Connor. Yeah, you never know. I mean, Connor was a late guy. He's got, you know, probably cheap money coming on. Who knows what his free agency stats were going to be? He wants a lot of money. They could say, oh, Snell did good. Walk. When we, you know, a lot of times when I see a, a rookie, it's almost like that extraness of like, 
ooh, you just maybe he can break out those games. Now you got that cheap running back, and it gives him more of an opportunity to take that job for the next year as well. Especially running backs. You're seeing more and more of the NFL is not going to be paying for running backs. Exactly. So I'm moving over to your team real quick. Uh, do you have any big decisions you need to make? As of right now, the team, I before I came here, I specifically set up the team the way I liked it for right now. Um, I have Darius Slayton in. I have Golden Tate on the bench. They're both on the same team. I might go Golden Tate, but um, I put in Anthony Miller and took out Odell. So that, that was my big move. But as of right now, the team's the way it should be. Now, how confident are you in like a James White? That team, running back-wise, they have Burkhead, they have Sony Michelle. There's a lot of uh, heads in that backfield to feed. Uh, any thoughts of going with someone like a Montgomery there? Not, especially this week coming up, because Edelman's gonna is questionable. He might be out. James Wright has been getting some carries, but he's been much more used as kind of a modified slot player who comes out of the backfield. He's been catching more. That's where his value has been is in his catches. That's fair enough. And then Odell, is he going to be out for sure? I see the red flag there. I haven't really been paying attention. Or is that someone you're just kind of sick of? Or is there a chance he could sneak back into that lineup? Uh, of course there's a chance. He's been with that injury tag now for weeks. But um, I don't know if you heard. It, it's been big news the past couple weeks. They've been talking. He's been playing with a sports hernia all year. And he's going to get uh, surgery when the season's over. So they say it's been affecting them, but just overall, I think the, the effect is that uh, Baker's just not that great. And I've been playing, I've been rolling with Odell every single week because I've been afraid of missing out on him. Oh, it's so hard not to start those studs. I mean, like, you got guy like that and Todd Gurley early in the season who was worthless early in the season. I just, I can't bench guys like that. It's so hard to do. And so Odell, Odell might make it back in for Anthony Miller, but um, it's... It's those two receiver spots is going to be between Anthony Miller and Odell Beckham or Darius Slayton and um, Golden Tate. Yeah, surprisingly, I just clicked over to our live feed. we got six people watching right now. How many of them do I know? Uh, who cares? <laughs> I think I saw Super Punch on there. Looks like Jimmy's possibly on there. And the, these are just chat people. I know I saw Tim on there earlier, so... are they? Can they say anything to us, like type a, a comment to us that we can see? There, there's a chat. It looks like uh, Chris says that jellyfish equals toilet paper. <laughs> uh, traditionally bad, quit living in 2002 by uh, Dead Channel. Uh, Jimmy's asking about Fortnite, something about Ricky and Barnes being lovers, some gay <laughs> flags going for them. So... Um, you know, there's Tim still here, bro. So, yeah, Tim's Tim's still around as well. Timbo, shout out for good luck to Timbo. He's in the uh, championship game in uh, Clawson Fantasy Football League, which is the league I'm dropping out of after this year. Hey, we we always like to have our uh, TYF brothers dominate in other leagues. Absolutely. Unlike Timbo, I root for my friends. Do you know that Timbo, my BFF, rooted actively rooted against me in the championship game last year? It wasn't just like, oh, I'm not picking a side. He rooted for me to lose. That's my BFF. Who did you play last year in the finals? Uh, Bob. God. Has Bob won one? He won uh, the year before. He made two years in a row. Oh, that's a shame. Nobody wanted Bob to win. <laughs> I didn't want it. I actually can understand that because I never wanted Bob to win. I never wanted Davis to win. I wanted to be the only one in the clique to have a TYF championship. I never want Jeremy to win, not only because it's Jeremy, not only because he's part of the clique, but because he also tried to destroy TYF. There's multiple reasons he should never win a TYF Cup. Well, in Tim's defense, he wasn't strictly going against me. He has a, um, a belief or a stance that no new people to win a championship so this year he wouldn't. He was probably going to root for me because I'm his best friend. But if uh, you would have been Jeremy, 
he would have definitely rooted for me because he doesn't want any new people to win the title. No new members. This is, I think, his mantra. I can totally agree with that. I fully understand. I don't want any new names on that cup either. But uh, that's that's tough though because I don't want the people that are repeating to all of a sudden have, you know, three, four times, and I'm only on the cup once. Yeah. It makes me feel like I'm a fraud. You know, that 2007 uh, TYF championship was a while ago. It's time to hopefully can, get that name back on there. And you made the uh, you made the title game the next year after that, right? Oh seven, oh eight, back to back. Those are the only times. This is my third appearance in the finals. Yeah, this is my third also. I, now it's two in a row. The last two. And I lost one to Connaughton Blood years ago. I, it was the uh, um, year that my team was so good because we traded draft picks. And I, my t- I had a bad team the first year. So halfway through the season, I traded all my guys away for draft picks. And uh, I had Goulet come on my team, and we nailed that draft, just knocked it out of the park. And we made it to the championship game, and the Connaughton brothers uh, beat the shit out of us. Uh, apparently, Tim also thinks we're both frauds so this year. But... <laughs> <laughs> one of us is, but your team your team was an above-average team, a team that solidly made the playoffs and caught the right time to catch heat and make the championship game. That's what say, happens. We're frauds when his team can't even make the damn playoffs? <laughs> I mean, come on, scrubs. But my team is probably, I, I think that if, knock on wood, somehow I'm able to get one more lucky week out of it, I will go down in history as the least deserving team in TYF history. Uh, I think I'm probably just right up there with you. So you're favored by 10 points, though. So do you feel good about this? Do you feel like you're no, going to be pulling I, it off? I don't like any of my matchups. Um, you look, uh, Gurley's going up against San Francisco, right? Uh, yes, he is. And then James White's going up against Buffalo, another good D. Anthony Miller, that's Kansas City. That's why I put them in there. Uh, Darius Slayton's Washington. That's a, a crappy team. But it's just there's a lot of good defenses I'm going off with my guys that I count on. So it's it, I'm not looking forward to this game. I tell you what, we're either way, we're going to have a good feeling about how this possibly could shape out by 4 o'clock on Saturday because I'm going to have three major guys going Saturday at 1 o'clock. Jameis oh, really? Winston, Perryman, and O.J. Howard are playing Houston Saturday at 1 p.m. I forgot to check that out. I got a lot of guys going on Saturday too. So that brings us to our thing. What are we going to bet on this? My first thought was loser buys the uh, – we always seem to get Little Caesars for the draft the next year. 20 bucks we'll, do, we'll be playing. We'll get us three pizzas and two Crazy Brads. That'll be plenty for the, the draft if you want to do that. I'm good with that. All right. Want to shake on it? I, if you didn't want to do that, I was going to say I'll shave my beard, which I hate shaving if you shave your head for this game. Oh, my hair is too beautiful for that. You do have a nice head of hair. Plus, 40s around the corner. I'd probably shave. I'd probably shave it off, but all of a sudden it'd be coming in it gray or not back. coming in at all. There's there's too much risk on my okay, part so, for that one. So it's the uh, it's the pizza then. All right. Speaking of a side story of with pizza, I actually had Jets on Saturday. I had a deep dish uh, duo combo. I don't know what that is. It's like where you get the small. Um, the small deep dish pizza, and then it's a bread with it, so it essentially fits in a large pizza oh, okay. box. And then I had a coupon for a free dessert uh, cinnamon stick. Uh, Jesus Christ, did you well. eat it all? I think I picked it up at five thirty, six o'clock on Saturday. It was all gone before I went to bed. You got it at 6, and you ate it. And you went to bed at what, probably 11 at the latest? Yeah, I took it all down. Oh, my God. That is, that's a lot even by my standards. I, I, took, I took down the majority. I think I had a couple breadsticks left. 
when I first stopped eating, pretty much the cinnamon stick was left. And the rest of the night, I just picked at the cinnamon stick and <laughs> took it all down. I could see if you got that at like a late lunch, like say two o'clock, and work that till 11. I could see it going then, but you did a good job. I'm impressed. Did you drink any pop or was that all water or what do you drink with that type of thing? Uh, probably a mixture of beer and pop. Okay. I usually I usually have one. I allow myself one whole beer usually on a Saturday. <laughs> usually a nice stout, a little heavier. But I usually oh, did, was this on a Saturday you did this? Yeah, Saturday is my cheat day. Okay, all right, that's a little different because if you do that on a Sunday and then you got to get up for work in the morning, that's that's tough. Oh yeah, I I can't handle that. I try, I try to avoid going out to eat. Saturday is my out to eat day. Holidays coming around, vacation about to start. Maybe I'll do a couple more here or there, gain you know, 10, 15 pounds during the holiday and hopefully lose it quick afterwards. But Yeah, you're pretty good at keeping that weight off. Uh, you put it on every now and then, but you typically lose it pretty quickly. But yeah, so we're kind of wrapping up here. I'm assuming you're going to go with your team. Because I, I know I'm, obviously I have to pick my team. I'm not feeling good about it as at all so we've already made our bet so our picks are clear obviously we're picking our own teams oh yeah but i think if you put a gun to my head it almost sounds like both of us would take the other person's team oh here i'm looking at my lineup there is one small change um one of the things i was very proud of i did last week was on the off chance that i uh, won last week i went out ahead of time and i picked up denver's d because they were going against detroit this week in denver so hopefully that's like an 18 point <laughs> defensive score yeah, Denver D is one of those weird things. Like, I've seen it ranked. I've always, like, you think, oh, they got that Fangio, the new coach. They've had a good defense with, uh, what, Von yeah. Miller, and is it Chubb is the other guy yeah. they just drafted last year type of thing. So it seems like a great pickup to me, but I've seen, like, low stuff. I saw, like, pretty good um, points for Galladay. Where that's where I'm just like, I don't get this. I see his projections are being pretty decent, but we got Blau, the crappy third-string quarterback, plus with that defense there. Like, how am I supposed to... I think, confidently start him. I think that defense has come on. It was pretty questionable earlier in the season. Season, I think it's come on late as coincidentally their uh, young quarterback, this Drew Locke guy, as he's finally started and playing like he looks like he's an opportunity to be a decent quarterback. Looks like their defense kind of stepped it up too. Well, if you're not going three and out every time, you give the defense a little time to rest Very and a little time point. to think and, you know, have a little bit of strategy as well. So yeah, that's a great point. Maybe that could be part of it. So. Yeah, I mean, looks like we're at the 50, almost 54-minute mark. Wow. So I'm surprised we did that long. That uh, quickly. That was, uh, as of right now, the plan is, is so I have an audio recording that will be posted on the RSS feed. It's already been approved on um, Spotify, so you can search for it there. I have, a, I have a new iTunes request to have it there. You can just get the RSS feed directly, put it into your podcast app. We'll be posting the video on YouTube as well Okay, as we are recording the live stream as we go along as People know that we're, or some people know, we're streaming on Twitch. We're to three people. Apparently, we're drawing <laughs> people away. <laughs> of course, you probably had someone like a Davis who was pooping, and then his kids were probably pounding on the yeah. door, so he had to get off his Twitch app. So you never know. Yeah. But yeah, I think I had a good time coming back. Yeah, absolutely. It felt like it went really well. Yeah. I, my graphics for our live stream aren't up to my normal standards of par, but you if were we, showing me that for your other teams. If we, if we come back, um, you know, Maybe I'll work on those. Like I said, maybe we'll end up doing something like uh, draft happen. Let's review the teams, give our predictions, maybe go into the playoffs. And I'm sure we'll make the finals every year to come against each other. So then we'll have to repeat this every year as well. It makes sense. I think, yeah, I think this is going to be a normal thing. Yeah. But 
Yeah, it was a pleasure, Jim. I'm yeah, glad that we were able to get this back. That's a great setup. I, where we used to do it, I'd sit in my roommate's computer room, lock the door there, and try not to talk too loud to uh, bother anybody. Okay, so for TYF today, we are over. <laughs>